Hello, everybody, and welcome to another DMV Comic Book Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Freddie, and today we are joined again by Luke. How are you doing, Hello. Luke? Hello. I'm good, Freddie. How are you, man? Doing pretty good, thanks. I'm excited to have you back to continue our discussion of Superman Space Age. Today yes, we're talking excited about... excited to be back. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. We are here mm-hmm. to discuss book number two. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, before we do that, though, I'd like to Mm -hmm. uh, discuss a few interesting news items. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll probably stick with DC-related news for today. Um, I saw that uh, Superman's 85th anniversary is, I guess it's this year, Mm -hmm. and... It's also the 45th anniversary of Superman the movie. Yep. From 1978, starring Christopher yeah. Reeve. So there's a lot of interesting things happening around that. Yeah. Um, they're releasing um, the five film collection on uh, Blu ray, yeah. 4K, UHD. Yep, yep, yep. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I, I, I saw that recently. You you know, you know what really made my eyes pop when I saw that? What? The the special features uh ha, like there's gonna be its, its own separate special features DVD and the box for that is Action Comics number one. Oh, um, I didn't see that. Box. Yeah, That's cool. It's super cool. Like um, like so this is collecting Superman one two three four, mm-hmm. and also the Donner cut yes. of number two. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess also the bonus features that, like you said, so that's yeah, yeah. a lot of content there. Like, um, Indeed. I do. I I had a DVD copy of. I think it had the Donner cut and the first two movies, mm. and it's interesting to see those. Like for anyone who hasn't seen the Donner cut, it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting to see that one in comparison to the Superman two theatrical cut. Yeah, like, have you seen those two different ones? I believe I have. It's been a long time, but mm-hmm. I, I I remember I had like the I had the the DVD thing that was like all four all four films, and I believe the the DVD I had had both the theatrical cut and these uh um Donner cut of Superman two, um, and I believe I watched both. Um, yeah, like I believe uh Richard Lester I think directed the theatrical yeah. cut um because yeah. like the same thing happens every time warner mm-hmm. brothers decides to make a superman movie uh-huh. there's always some conflict between the directors and the studios and yeah it's producers. a bit of a recurring theme yeah <laughs> and there's always like a special director's cut <laughs> that comes yeah. out later <laughs> when, when you think about it there actually is some interesting analog like analogs between superman 2 and justice league yes like um, history repeats apparently mm-hmm. Even down to technically, Richard Donner did direct like half of Superman two, mm-hmm. or they replaced yep. him with Lesnar. Yeah, um, like everything that happened with the Snyder cut, it seemed yeah. pretty much happened before. At least it's, as far it's as I'm sort concerned. of interesting. Though I I do feel like Superman the, the the Donner cut isn't as drastically different a film from the theatrical release as the Justice Leagues are from each other. But well, I don't know. I mean, it's I mean it has been a while, different, so of course, but like. Um, in terms of like 
what was changed. I do feel like Superman 2, the two versions are very different from each other. Yeah. Um, but that's a topic for another podcast. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Check out that mm-hmm. uh, to our listeners. Check out that box set if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Um, another Blu-ray release is Max Fleischer Superman. The yeah. the animated sh- shorts that they released from 1941 to 1943 yes. will be available to purchase either digitally or on HD and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Starting May sixteenth of this year, yeah. So that's pretty exciting. I'm gonna have to try to get my hands on that. I I love those those Fleischer cartoons. Yeah, like I have a DVD of those as well. Like, um, it's probably mm-hmm. not gonna be as HD and remastered as these new ones, but oh, sure, um, yeah. yeah. But but they're they're great to watch for people, especially if you haven't seen them before. Yeah, or even if I, you're rewatching. Yeah. I actually got to like I'm I'm fortunate enough to have seen one of them actually on the big screen one time. Oh really? Um, a f- yeah, a few years ago, uh, you may or may not have heard. A few years ago, they re-released um the they they did like a like there was like a special screening of uh Superman the movie at a few theaters. Yes, yeah, so um, for the fortieth anniversary. Yeah, yeah, for the fortieth. Um, and they they also included a a um airing of the um. One of the Fleischer shorts, the one where he fights a bunch of robots, yeah, uh, which is an iconic one. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the second most iconic of those shorts. The first yeah. one, of course, being the first one they did, where he literally punches a laser beam. <laughs> yeah, with the mad scientist. Yeah, yeah, but this is the one where a a, a giant uh, robot um, steals a bunch of uh, coins and jewelry and such, and also accidentally scoops up Lois and puts mm-hmm. him in his hollow back and then flies them off to his evil master and Superman has to go and beat them all up. Um, Isn't there one where where Lois like gets is it a Gatling gun or like a shotgun or something? She's just like firing off. (laughs) Yes. I do believe there's one where Lois fires a gun. But she is badass in those cartoons. She is so badass, especially in those cartoons. And it was the forties. Like that's the lowest lane I love. (laughs) Yeah man. Like the Lois Lane in the Superman Space Age comic, and also mm-hmm. in those old cartoons. Yeah, and like I mean, lots of iterations of Superman yeah. and Lois Lane are great, but those yeah, two yeah. in particular just felt like yes. shouting those out. Lois is when Lois is tough as nails. There's nothing better. Exactly. All right. Um. All right. So, um, speaking of the the theatrical re-releases mm-hmm. of Superman the movie, like, so I was mm-hmm. seeing some news that it is going to be re-released for the. 45th anniversary this year but unfortunately not in the usa like apparently it's just in the uk and ireland and maybe also australia well good for them yeah good for them if you're out there enjoy yourselves yes unfortunately here in the u.s we just Mm -hmm. can only watch it at home i guess (laughs) now someday it's so weird because it's it's wb's 100th anniversary like yeah, they keep you pretending they that they're while. celebrating their their history, while in reality it seems like they're kind of mm. throwing stuff in the trash. Yeah, it's it's weird. Very weird. Speaking of that, that brings me yeah. to the next news item. Mm-hmm. A few days ago, there was this random leak of a Scooby Doo in Crypto Two movie. Yes, like featuring Superman and the Justice League, apparently. Like the mm-hmm. entire movie apparently leaked yeah. online. I, no I haven't even, watched it. 
Yeah, no one even knew that it was like canceled, or if it was canceled, like we had heard about other Scooby Doo movies that were canceled. It's just out of the blue, and like, how is this like something you throw away? Like, it's got your headline characters. You got Superman. You got Scooby Doo. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what this is what makes Warner Brothers the big bucks. Apparently, I don't know. You would think. You would think. (laughs) But I haven't watched it yet. But I think I might because it does look a lot of fun. Yeah, same. It's very I'm the super same friendly. Yeah, like I'm curious very... about it, and like I, I wish they would have been able to give it a real release. Like, it's so mm-hmm. unfair to all the people who worked hard on these movies. Exactly. That they don't get, you know, mm-hmm. to release them. But... It just gets dumped online. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me started ranting about David Zaslav because I will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um. Mm. Yeah, so there's that, and then there's one more news item I'd like to bring up. Right. Uh, speaking of David Zaslav and Warner Brothers' curious decisions, mm-hmm. they, they, there was a show in development, Batman the Cape Crusader, mm-hmm. and HBO Max dropped it, even though they yeah. had the rights to it, and now Amazon has picked it up. So, like, it will yes. be continuing... Thankfully, you know, this was by Bruce Tim, mm-hmm. JJ Abrams, and Matt Reeves. Like, so it should mm-hmm. be a pretty good time. Like, yeah. for people who are fans of Batman, I'm, I'm definitely curious about it. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I'm very curious. So I'm glad to see that that got picked up elsewhere. Yes. Yes. And hasn't been completely mm-hmm. canceled. <laughs> yeah. These are interesting times we live in. Very interesting. But, uh, yeah. So, any other thoughts about the news before we um, get to our book not i i i will say it's kind of interesting that we that we were that like it, it's it uh, i wouldn't have thought a batman cartoon of all things would be in in this jeopardy right what like historically what's been an easier pitch than a batman cartoon right like or yeah. scooby-doo cartoon like or scooby-doo cartoon in fact like they are um, you would think those are two of the headline WB characters. Uh, Batman the Animated Series has such a high, uh, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Like it's critically acclaimed. Yeah, yeah, everyone loves Batman the Animated Series. Like there's, there's, you might not even recall because no one talks about it. But there's a Superman uh, cartoon on its way too. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember hearing about that? My Adventures of Superman. Do. I, yeah, that was last fun. I heard that it's still in development and still yeah. continuing forward. So, yeah, you it's, know, fingers crossed that it sees yeah. the light of day. Yeah, it sounds like it's not going to be on HBO Max anymore, but it's been confirmed as still coming to Cartoon Network. Uh, so so that's good. But we can um, only hold our yeah. breath and hope because I really, honestly, with with new DC content, whether it's a movie or a cartoon mm-hmm. or whatever, I just can't believe it's coming until it's out <laughs> yeah i know how you feel um but actually there was one more thing i forgot to mention uh oh, shazam fury of the yeah. gods will be coming out on march mm-hmm. 17th so that's next week yeah. mm-hmm. uh are you going to be seeing that i don't know i'm not really a movie theater guy i don't mm-hmm. usually go out unless someone is taking me but you know unless someone else is like hey i want to see this and i'm like sure so mm-hmm. i don't usually go out on my own or i'm not the one but like I would like to see it someday. I did enjoy mm-hmm. the first one. Yeah. Um I didn't love it, but I didn't I liked it. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see this sometime eventually. Yeah, I'm kind of in a similar boat because um mm-hmm. 
I I like the first one well enough. Um, I do plan to see the second one eventually. I might not go out to theaters to see it, but honestly, yeah. that's just because, like I said, with with everything going on with Warner Brothers lately, it's really mm-hmm. put a sour taste in my mouth. Like, and it's kind I'm of killed kidding. a lot of the hype that I had for these things. Like, yeah. when Black Adam came out, like it lost so much hype within a matter of days. Like after they yeah. fired Henry Cavill and after mm-hmm. after um they trash bat girl like i felt like yeah offended <laughs> but that's just yeah. me i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know if general audiences felt the same way or not it kind of seems like it I, I feel like no one talks about black adam anymore and it came out like a couple of months ago only well i think it was foolish of dc to like put all of their hopes into black adam in the first place like he's never been the a-list character like as, who cares about like Black as, Adam? Like as much as people love The Rock, and even yeah. that's kind of debatable. But like, um, yeah. But at like, this point, yeah. What did saying. you really expect? <laughs> yeah. At this point, it feels like The Rock is kind of um, getting people are getting tired of The Rock. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I saw Black Adam um, not in theaters, but when it was streaming, and like, I thought it was okay. I could have uh-huh. been better, but. You know, I okay. So funny story. I haven't actually seen seen Black Adam yet, but mm-hmm. I've listened to it um, because I work at a comic book store, um, and we have a TV, um, and my boss is always putting on movies and TV shows and stuff, and you're sort of leaving it on like half for the customers, half for himself or us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and but like so, so one day he put it on. He put Black Adam on. But I had my back turned to the TV. Like, I, I you know, I, I was doing my work. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, like, looking at the screen, of course. Because uh, mm-hmm. that gets me yelled at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, so I listened to it. And I heard it. And I just, like, I was, I kept rolling my eyes at lines of dialogue and moments. Um, oh, yeah. Like, like, the writing is one of the weakest parts of the film, in yeah. my opinion. But, and and arguably the acting is a little wooden inspired spots but Mm -hmm. honestly the thing that they invested the most into that movie was the cgi so you you probably should watch it if you get a chance to make your own opinion about whether that was Mm -hmm. worth it or not (laughs) i mean i don't know what to say uh, outside of you know doing a full Mm -hmm. review of black adam but um long story short you know i just feel like i feel like my trust in Warner Brothers Discovery is very low. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, I know that they're trying to take it a new direction with James yeah. Gunn and, and Peter Safran. Uh-huh. But all I can say is good luck because. Yeah. <laughs> I'll because... say, I, I, I have some high hopes for that stuff. I think that stuff seems interesting, but I don't know yet, you know? I just feel like, how are they going to dig themselves out of this pit like i feel like they yeah how are they gonna make all these dream movies with no money or like you know mm-hmm. with debt or like i don't know like yeah and, and with losing respect from you know all these artists and creatives who are who've been you know shafted by them yeah i don't know it just seems like a tough situation to be in mm-hmm. the, but uh as a fan there's always hope you know <laughs> indeed as we've talked about with Superman, you know, mm. um, 
maybe we can maybe hope maybe stupidity is the hope that we need or something <laughs> if, if superman can survive the the quest for peace i think he can survive uh what's going on here maybe i mean did he survive the quest for peace his movies got canceled uh, after that eventually <laughs> eventually he came back yeah with a different actor yeah, well, you you get what I mean. I, I yeah, yeah, you get it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no one's no one's no one. Um, people still call Christopher Reeve one of the greatest Supermans. You know. Yeah, yeah. It didn't tarnish the legacy of the movies that came before. Mm-hmm. And but, um, but yeah. And there will always be Superman movies for mm-hmm. better or for worse. You know, like you yeah. know, I think like like we both love Superman, so yes. we'll probably be there for any future movies but if I'm being 100% honest Mm -hmm. I really do feel like we don't need another Superman movie as much as we need you know as much as I would have liked to have seen Batgirl or like you know Mm. or hopefully hopefully Blue Beetle makes it to see the light of day (laughs) that one looks like it's that one looks like it's happening yeah like I I, basically I kind of wish that they weren't so dead set on remaking Mm -hmm. another Batman or Superman movie Mm. when we've had plenty of good ones. Like let's, let's get some new stuff. Yeah. I I see where you're coming from. Um, But but I guess, you know, I guess Superman has to come first. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he is the first superhero. If if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, I kind of, I feel like they haven't gotten him right yet. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm fine with it if they want to make as many as they want before they finally get them right. Um, but I feel like yours is probably the correct opinion. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit that I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with them trying a million times to get Superman right before they make anyone else. But I mean, I get it as as a fan, I get it. But like as um as but also as a fan of other characters, yeah. I'm just like. Yeah, totally. There, there is no getting it right because you'll never please everybody. You know, at this That's point, true. everyone has a different perspective of who Superman is, and there will always be debate about like which yeah. movie is better. Because I remember very distinctly when Superman um, Returns came out, everybody mm. was complaining about how Superman wasn't punching enough, or he wasn't strong yeah. enough, or masculine yeah. enough, or whatever. And mm. then Zack Snyder's Superman comes out. And everybody's complaining about how violent he was and how murderous he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like it's it's the opposite end of the spectrum. And, so, and the same thing happens yeah, with Batman. True. Every time there's a new person cast as Batman, they're like, oh, this guy's gonna suck. And then it comes yeah. out and they're like, we love this guy. And then the guy exactly. leaves and they're like, oh no, we want him back. <laughs> how, how dare you take Ben Affleck away from me? Yeah, Ben Affleck, Christian Bale, like whoever. Yeah. Like It's always it's a cycle that repeats yeah. itself. Yeah. It's exhausting. <laughs> and now it's and now it's Robert Pattinson. Right. Like everyone was hesitant about him. They're like, oh, yeah. who wants the I swear the, the vampire twink from Twilight to be mm-hmm. Batman? And then he yeah. comes out and everyone's like, Oh, this is so great, you know. <laughs> I I swear. I swear that they could cast Justin Bieber and he'll he turn out <laughs> to be amazing and we'd all love him. I mean, this is why I'm just like a wait and see kind of guy. I'm like, I don't yeah, exactly. really want to get too caught up in the hype. Or all exactly. the speculation. Just yeah. when it comes out, I'll see it and I'll make my own opinion of whether I like it or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of an old grump that way. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. It makes sense. Tim Burton got hate mail for casting Michael Keaton. 
So this has always been the case. Mm-hmm. And he would have gotten know? more hate mail if his uh, Nicolas Cage Superman movie came out. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably, but hey, you never but, know. But life is so funny because yeah. for anyone who saw the Teen Titans Go movie, you got mm-hmm. to see Nicolas Cage finally be Superman. Finally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was entertaining. Yeah, right. <laughs> to say the least. Yes, yes. Um. Yeah, this has been some fun chat yeah. about Superman and other media. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe we might get to chat more about that stuff in the future. Oh, definitely. But, I could talk your off all day. Right. Likewise. But for now, let's return to Superman: yes. Space Age Book yes, Two. Yes. Yeah. Book Two. All right. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read a quick description of the plot. Superman has arrived and he's out of sight, right? The world may love him, but the citizens of Metropolis are growing skeptical as the cities around them suffer without the help of the Man of Steel. The world doesn't need saving as much as it needs changing. And Superman and his super friends in the Justice League seem unqualified to save the day the way they once did. Could this be the beginning of the end that Pariah prophesied? Or is it just a sign of the times? All right. So, written by Mark Russell, mm-hmm. pencils and inks by Michael Allred, and colors by Laura Allred. Let's dive in. Indeed. So, let's start by discussing this cover. Um, oh, yeah. You got the Justice League, you got Superman mm-hmm. right up front, you got yeah. them racing a locomotive, a speeding locomotive. Mm-hmm. We can assume that Superman is faster than it. <laughs> yeah, and more powerful, don't forget. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you got a little rocket ship above yeah. that. So yeah. Very space agey cover, very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of these Justice League designs? I, I mean they're they're kind of the cla- just the classic designs you know yeah, like I, I do notice that Batman Batman is a, is much more comic booky than he is in the actual well the actual comic book like yeah if you actually look at him in inside the interiors there's more like seams and kind of uniqueness to his design than on this cover where it's a very on the cover it's a very standard modern Batman you know or maybe a little bit more Adam West inspired a little uh, bit a little like- bit. Like I think, um, if I had to guess, I would imagine the All Reds probably made this cover before, yeah, deep diving into their designs for the actual book. Yeah, but I don't there, know that for sure. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps there is definitely an Adam Westiness to his cowl, mm-hmm. to like the the ears and everything. And I we didn't mention this last time, but mm-hmm. um, the All Reds did do a Batman sixty six comic book. Yes, yes. Um, I don't. I'm not entirely sure if they did the interiors as well as the, the covers, but uh, they I, definitely did the covers because I've seen them. I believe, they look really cool. Like I might need to I check believe it they out. did the interiors on some issues. Mm-hmm. I, I had I have that book. I have that collect. I have like at least the first volume, sixty six comic, um, and I can't recall if I ever finished reading it, but I definitely think there was some all red interior art. In there. Yeah, like after reading Superman Space Age, Space Age, I'm definitely curious to go mm. check that stuff out. I got, I got to dig that book up. Mm-hmm. My, my collection's a mess, by the way. <laughs> That's all right. 
I need to organize someday, but <laughs> enough of that. All right, so let's open our books to yes, uh, page one. We're gonna try, try to go scene by scene here. Yes, yes. And then the first scene, it's it's wild because mm-hmm. <laughs> the first page opens up with uh, a pimp named Scutch assaulting. Scutch one of his prostitutes and there yeah. are several other prostitutes there and it's like mm-hmm. a very dangerous scene it's it's yeah. 1972 in metropolis mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> yeah it's not what you would expect from the first page of superman comic book i don't not, think not exactly no i mean <laughs> I, I i'm not surprised by you know it starts with someone hurting innocence and superman mm-hmm. has to come and help of course yeah but it it diving right into sex workers being abused by their pimp in the seventies mm-hmm. is a bit jarring, I will admit. But it is kind of funny because I do distinctly remember a scene in Superman the movie when Superman first appears on the scene. Yes, there's this guy in a very colorful mm-hmm. outfit, looks like he might be a pimp. He's like, "Yo, those are some fine threads" or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he is. Like um, he is actually credited in the like in the end as the pimp. Okay. Um, and his exact not to not to um actually, but his exact line is, "Woo, say Jim, that is a bad outfit." Yeah, like like that like, that scene kind of ingrained in my brain. Is so memorable that like yeah, uh, he has to be homaging that to some degree here. Perhaps, perhaps. But um, yeah, so. Basically, we see this act of violence, and mm-hmm. Superman appears very quickly on the scene. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what do you think of this scene? Well, um, I, um, I actually, I will say, my, I guess my first thought is, um, I laughed very, very hard at the um, when I first read this, I laughed very hard at um, where are you taking me, New Mexico? It just felt very. Very, like a very random answer for him to give. Yeah, like that um, whole scene is hilarious. He says, "Like I don't know if hey, something man, I'm missing. You can't do that. I got rights." He's like, "I know you do, and I respect that, sir. You can exercise them in New Mexico." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, and but, but but even funnier than that, I think um, when Superman first appears, mm-hmm. the guy threatens him. He's like, "You'd best move along, costume party." And Superman yeah. says, "I am." Unconcerned. Unconcerned. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he's just got a knife. Yeah, and Superman's like, just floating there. Like, people, he knows he can take yeah. this guy. People rag on, um, like, people always make jokes about why would anyone shoot at Superman at this point, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, everyone should know that he's bulletproof. But this guy literally threatens him with a tiny little uh, knife, a switchblade. Um, like, that's gonna, that's gonna scare him away. Yeah, but Superman very quickly... Um, mm. kind of takes care of this situation. Shows that shows Scutch who's in charge. <laughs> I, I I love how all, all red draws Superman in motion. Like I like the like he draws like multiple Superman on the page. Yeah, like you see, so you see him kind of, of like the after image of like him moving through across yeah. the page. And I just kind of like how how he kind of almost awkwardly shifts there, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it really gives you an idea of how he moves, and it's just—it's interesting to me. I like it. I agree. I don't know how to put it into words, but I just really dig the way all red draws Superman flying. Yes, like, like I think both of us—we can't praise him enough 
because like this mm-hmm. whole book is just so beautiful to look at. Um, I'm sure we'll have much more compliments on the pages to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, this next scene, yes, it has Clark and Lois meeting at our Seagull bar next to the mm-hmm. Joe's shoe, the shoe store. store. <laughs> jo- oh, it is Joe's. I just noticed that too. Mm-hmm, Joe's mm-hmm. shoe store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yep. A little shout anyway. out to um, yes. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Yes. Uh, his creators. And mm-hmm. um, praise they're be. They're having a conversation about like, you know, why do they keep coming back to this bar? Yeah. And... Lois it's, makes the observation that it's the only bar in the tropics that serves ice cold milk. <laughs> Your instincts, as always, are flawless. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it that is a funny little character trait about mm-hmm. Superman or Clark Kent, I should say. Like, he doesn't drink, but he does drink milk because <laughs> he's the a man. Loves boy. his milk. Mm-hmm. The man loves his milk. And so she asks him what he's working on, and he says, "Oh, mm-hmm. some break-in, probably nothing." Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you can see on the page it's like at the Watergate Hotel. Watergate so know... Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so we know the real world history behind this. Yeah, and he indeed. asked her what she's working on. She says she's got an interview with Superman later, mm-hmm. but she's actually very disinterested in it. Yeah. She asked him if he wants to trade. Yeah. She says, "I mean, I know it's the '70s, but anyone who flies around in a cape probably has an unhealthy need for attention." <laughs> and so. They uh, part, and this next page is another one of my favorites of this mm-hmm. whole book. Like you see Superman, mine too. Oh, you see Clark transform into his Superman costume. Yeah, um, I really again, it's another, it's another scene where we see sort of after effects and like each movement, super, like he makes. Um, I definitely, I definitely like this part a lot. And in yeah. fact, the the panels him flying away. Like maybe this is weird, but it gives me a, it actually gives me a Superman like a Christopher Reeve, Richard Donner Superman vibe. You know, it's iconic. Like this whole yeah. page is classic Superman. The only yeah. thing that's missing is someone saying, "Look mm-hmm. up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman." It's a, you know? exactly, like they do yeah, say yeah. it's Superman, but yeah. other than, they don't say the other. And thing. someone someone else as accurately calls this out as far out. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's the seventies. Got use the lingo. The, <laughs> yeah, and everyone's dressed in very seventies clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, even the, the narration and, and writing is great. Like um, mm-hmm. yeah. Superman talks about how, um, like even though living a double life and harboring his secrets mm-hmm. and his unrequited love, it's not mm-hmm. easy. He remembers these as the happiest days of his life. Yeah. Um, who There's would ever? Who could believe that football. it would ever come to an it. end? Who could believe yeah. that the world was anything other than a miracle that would go on forever? Man. Like, that's a very Superman insight, I think. Russell is so poetic when he wants to be. Mm-hmm. So we leave one of my favorite pages and then go to another one of my favorite pages. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> this, this giant meteor heading towards the Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, asteroid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know there's there's, you know... <laughs> There's a difference, but I always forget what it is. But he does call it an asteroid, so I, I assume he's correct. Yeah. So so this asteroid is coming towards Earth, and mm-hmm. Superman is pushing it away. Um, yeah. And he's actually having a conversation with it. He's like, "Yes, sorry, little fella, but you're headed toward a planet I care about. Mm-hmm. Why, you ask? Well, for one thing, there's a woman that I love who lives down there. 
Yeah. It's like, it's adorable. Yeah, he's like, it's no, I adorable. haven't told her yet, but I'm going to. Don't you worry about that, asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an extremely humanizing moment. Yeah. Like, um, it's almost like Superman's having like a little therapy with this asteroid because Yeah, exactly. Because he can't really talk to mm-hmm. many other people about his, you know his love life. His love life or his yeah. even his personal decisions, you know, like Yeah, yeah. It's but, pretty interesting. He has to go to space and talk to a rock. <laughs> yeah. You can also just interpret it as just him being so excited to talk to her, he can't even think about anything else, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. He's, he's thinking about it out loud as he, like, saves the Earth from a giant asteroid. Mm-hmm. And but, then mm-hmm. we still have some very interesting narration layered on top. Um, yeah. Like, um, there's one box here that says... It's much more preferable to make up stories, to come up with heroes, mm-hmm. to convince ourselves that it's going to be all right, that we aren't really doomed. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, no one ever quite believes in their own destruction. Like, like that's some very real stuff there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, Nobody ever listens to prophets because they oh, never uh, tell you what you, what, sorry, you say. Yeah, I was, go ahead. You finish that I, quote. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, they never tell you what you hope to hear. They never tell you that you'll find love. Then you will watch your kids grow grow old and happy. In the end, every prophet is a pariah. I love that line. Yes. Like it 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 tells me more about the character of the pariah than any other book I've ever read has. Exactly. Like, and it's so true. Like yeah. Like nobody likes what prophets have to say because they usually are prophesying doom, and they're usually yeah. right. <laughs> Yeah, or, or at least in some way, you know. Yeah, no um, one wants to listen to "We need to do something," you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you want to listen to "It's all right." Someone else will take care of it, or it's not a problem at all, you know. Yeah, like even in today's world, there's so many things that we should probably be really concerned about. Yeah, and the question is like, are we? Like, do we act like we're as concerned as we should be? <laughs> yeah, it's but, it's a good point. Yeah, so. So there's a lot of interesting reflections going on here. Yeah. And again, on the next page, Superman refers to the, mm-hmm. he, quote unquote, the comforting lie that people call hope. Yes. Like, and I, okay, I was actually thinking about, if I may interrupt, um, I was actually thinking about that earlier while reading this, while, you know, refreshing myself for it to talk about. Um, it's, Russell is very good at being cynical without being depressing. Like, like referring to it as the the comforting lie we call hope. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's true. He says, but he doesn't. I don't think. I feel like he doesn't exactly call hope bad. Like say it's bad mm-hmm. to be hopeful. It's not like it's. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Like, um, I have seen some negative reviews of this book where people have said, you know, it is too cynical. Hmm. But I, I feel like you and I don't particularly see it that way like even though it even though it might bring up cynical questions well i think it 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 ultimately has more of a hopeful take i mean it's sort of cynical but not necessarily in a wholly negative way like i mean it's kind of it kind of depends on your definition of cynical like It, it's constructive sort of, it, cynicism, you could say. Yeah, yeah, constructive cynicism. Exactly, exactly. That's the word for it. Like, 
it acknowledges that there are things wrong with the world. That and there it acknowledges are... that there are things yeah. about Superman as a character that like might have been underexamined in the past. Exactly. So like it, it kind of just presents a more honest mm-hmm. take on it. Like I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I appreciate it. Like I don't. I yeah. don't feel. I, I agree with you that it's not necessarily mm-hmm. depressing. Well, it's a little depressing. <laughs> it's a little depressing, but it's not in any way that feels uncharacteristic for Superman. Yeah. You know? It yeah. feels honest. It feels wise, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I I've yeah, I've said before and I'll say it again, I think there's lots of wisdom in this book. Exactly. And and that's why I love it so much. So Yeah. It's like on this so we have a scene here where Superman is basically stopping to smell the roses, like literally, like <laughs> quite literally. Like he's stopping to chat with the fans and sign their lunch boxes. He makes a kid away. promise to eat his fruit. Yep, <laughs> that kid's full of fruit. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. So like, even that stuff says a lot about his character. Like he, he, he yeah. makes time for the little guy. You know, he exactly. he stops and smells the roses. He signs his lunchbox. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. Good man. And he's yeah. not always like you know, mm-hmm. in work mode, saving the day. Yeah, yeah. He's, and, he's yeah. So in the he's next do scene, interview with Lois. Yep, he goes to interview Lois, or she goes to interview him. She's been mm-hmm. waiting on him. Yeah, yeah. And. She's very. She's a tough uh, interviewer. Like, uh, yeah, she asks she's him all hardball some... questions, like as she should. You know, <laughs> like it was. It's an interesting scene. Um, I actually, yeah. Go ahead. I oh, sorry. I have a lot to say about this scene because, mm-hmm. and it, it it kind of makes it it. It's like a it. It made me realize something about what Russell was doing with Superman in this book. Mm-hmm. Um. And like it, it's part of what made me like really love it as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. It it finds it finds what I it, like, it finds an answer to the question: How do you make Superman as like good and pure and you know morally correct as we want him to be? Mm-hmm. Um, but still, excuse me. But still, make him fe- like make him flawed and imperfect and relatable in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And that's you make him a little bit naive. Mm-hmm. You make it, you give him a little bit of a simplistic worldview, um, where like he doesn't really consider the ways he might be threatening, or like the the must there be a Superman questions, you know? Because mm-hmm. because always in this interview, asked him like you know why should we trust you? Why should mm-hmm. we have you know complete like unwavering faith in you that you're not going to turn on us, that you're not going to abuse your power, um? And uh, his rebuttal. Would you like to? Would you like to tell the listeners what his rebuttal is? Yeah, he 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 he, he responds with, "I just saved the Earth from an asteroid," and he and he yeah. says that several times just to bring the point across. Like, like, are you seriously asking me these questions now? Like, I just saved the whole planet. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's, how am I a threat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like to him, it just he's doing good things. Yeah, he's a good person. You know, mm-hmm. why why should anyone worry about him? And so this is where, like, 
you could say that Lois Lane has the more mm-hmm. cynical take. Like sometimes we see yeah. Batman or Lu- mm-hmm. Lex Luthor being the one saying, you know, Superman's an alien and we can't trust him. Or maybe even yeah. Lois Lane's father, General Lane. Like yeah. all mm-hmm. these characters in, at one time or another have pointed out like he has a lot of power. So like, mm-hmm. should we put all of our trust into him? Yeah. And that's a super, that's a question that even Superman himself has to mm-hmm. come up with an answer for. But at this point in his career, he hasn't quite considered it as much. And he even yeah. says, this interview isn't as much fun as I thought it would be. <laughs> and yeah. you can see that he's tucked away some flowers. He thought it would, might be more of a date. Like he, yeah, exactly. He might have wanted to use this mm-hmm. moment to tell Lois how I felt. But yeah, yeah. who he was. He, but now He thought this was going to be that scene in Superman the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so it's like but like you said this scene mm-hmm. is the one that really hits the themes of the whole mm-hmm. story because it, they even send the plot description something that lois says in this very scene mm-hmm. she says um mm-hmm. where is this i'm trying to find the line she says i feel that in the end the world doesn't need saving so mm-hmm. much as it needs changing that if yes. we're ever going to turn things around, it's going to take more than one guy in fireproof underwear. underwear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like they have a very interesting discussion about like, yeah, he asked her, what would she do if if mm-hmm. if she was him? Mm-hmm. If she had these powers. And she says, this might mm-hmm. sound pretentious, but I already feel like I have a job saving the world. Like, mm-hmm. like, don't get me wrong. I think you're great. But thousands of people died of starvation and disease during the time that it took me to say that I think you're great. Yeah, so it's like a it's like a not so subtle criticism of like there's mm-hmm. so many things you could be doing right now other than talking to me, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, you could be. It's it's almost impossible. The world over. Yeah, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of like sad truth of Superman. It's almost impossible to save the world because the world is a huge place mm-hmm. and bad things are happening all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, just just by being a man who can catch anyone who's falling and fight any bad guy, makes it harder than you think to save all, stop all the problems of the world and save all the people. You know? Yeah. Like it's this kind of reminds me of one of my favorite Superman stories, um, Superman: um, Peace on Earth by Paul Dini and Alex Ross. Mm. Are you familiar with that one? I've heard of it, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. I, I very much need to because I love both those creators and yeah. I've heard good things. But it's one of my favorites. Like it, yeah. Go on. In that one, Superman is trying mm-hmm. to literally solve world hunger. Yeah. And he sees how complicated mm-hmm. that task is, even for someone like him. Mm-hmm. And it's very disappointing for someone like him who who believes in compassion, who believes in, um, you know, farming at the very like mm-hmm. he was raised by farmers, like. Yeah, he, he, like he sees the solution right in front mm-hmm. of us, but but he can't solve this problem by himself because of this. Yeah, yeah. It's politicized. It's it's mm-hmm. just complicated, yeah. and that story really kind of you know asks these similar questions of like you know even mm-hmm. if he did try to solve these problems, could he? Yeah, maybe not. Not by himself, at least. Yeah. That's, that's something we return to in this mm-hmm. book. There's a, there's a lot of stories that try to 
um, tackle that kind of question, like mm-hmm. how how does Superman solve real real problems? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Like few of them like really do a good job of doing it and still being an interesting story. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the few that manages to do it. Mm-hmm. Face Age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go to the next scene. Yeah. So Lois's words have weighed heavily on him as mm-hmm. he uh, yes. retires to his uh, Fortress of Solitude and talks mm-hmm. to Jarrell and yep. asks him, you know, you know, was this a mistake? Like, maybe the world doesn't need a Superman. And then Jarrell says the same thing that Superman himself said. You just saved the Earth from an asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which I, I recall making me laugh when I when I first read through this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Jarrell points out you know, they are suspicious of you because they are driven by greed, ambition, and for the lust for power. Mm-hmm. So they assume you must be the same. It's not you they yeah. fear, my son, but themselves. Besides, mm-hmm. this universe is home to much bigger threats than you. Yep. And then and we, we see a huge full page of yes. Brainiac attacking a planet. Yes, sucking the resources right from it. Mm-hmm. So that's and a good point. <laughs> he's like, Brainiac is so beautifully ugly on this page. Yeah. <laughs> like he's got so many veins in his face, so many veins and wrinkles. Like his his eyes are so you can get lost in those terrifying eyes. Mm-hmm. Like his, the, those tubes going into his, the little dots on his forehead. I don't know what to call those. I never really thought about it, but <laughs> those dots that are always on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Um I just love this design for Brainiac and his ship. Yeah, um, it looks very scary and intimidating, and yes. it's and and it's a great point that like like humans at this moment are worried about Superman. Mm-hmm. They should probably be worried about you know yeah. other aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like good Brainiac. Point, good point. Brainiac. Um. um mm-hmm. All right, so let's go to the next scene. Um, yep. We rejoin Batman. Dun, 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 dun. And he talks about how he, after the destruction of Coast City, he stepped down as the CEO of Wayne Enterprises. Mm-hmm. He felt like the real work that he needs to do is as Batman, uh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. saving people from yeah. crime and terrorism yeah. and such. Yeah, yeah. But um, can I just say for a second? Okay, so. All right, what? so on the, especially oh. on this next page, you see him having breakfast at Wayne Manor. Yeah. He's talking about how many lives he saved, as many mm-hmm. as 10 a night. Mm-hmm. And Alfred is serving him breakfast over some newspapers yeah. that talk about how mm-hmm. Nixon bombs Cambodia. Thousands are dead. Ugh. And you can see that these bombs have Wayne Enterprises on the logo. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, this is Iron Man. Uh, it is a little bit, yeah, kind of. Like this, I, is, I hadn't like, thought about that. Like but, it's Batman, right. but it's more almost more Iron Man in terms of like the mm-hmm. war profiteering and the guilt yeah, of yeah. that. Like, mm-hmm. and because this Batman rarely, if ever, talks mm-hmm. about his parents. Yeah, like it's it's a little strange because, like we said, Mark mm-hmm. Russell is changing a few things here and there or um or focusing on a few different things and mm-hmm. and um i guess every reader's mileage may vary about whether they like this yeah. or not 
Mm-hmm. I like it because I get I get yeah. the message of what he's trying to say. Like it's not that mm-hmm. far off from the mark of Batman. Yeah, yeah. But I um I actually dig it, yeah. Like like it, it does seem very mm-hmm. borrowed from a lot of Iron Man stories. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I didn't I haven't thought about that. But I, I kind of I kind of actually like taking Batman. If you're gonna do like because you know, Batman's probably been there might, at this point, there might be more Batman stories and takes on Batman than there are Superman stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of all have a tendency to like focus a lot on the like the Waynes, like his parents, and you know mm-hmm. that being his motivation. So, yeah, it's been done to death. Yeah. So like that's why I'm not it, yeah. mad about them. Yeah, you know, not emphasizing that aspect of his origin. Like he very well could have lost his parents in an alley in this in this universe, and yeah. it's just not on the page. Yeah. And but like fun. I, I actually really like. Sorry to interrupt, but like I actually really like this take on like because it, it feels like it's finally tackling it's it's finally sort of tackling the the you know the whole Batman being a billionaire and yeah, the, the potential like yeah the ethics exactly the ethics of that. Thank you for that's the word I was looking for. But I was trying to think of thank you the ethics of yeah because, being a billionaire um, and also a crime fighter and what could he else be doing his money with you know with his money blah blah blah. By eventually having him like not to not to get ahead of ourselves, but that he eventually is about dealing with corruption as much as he deals with crime mm-hmm. in this version, I think is a really good take. Because it's kind of funny, like um, because like you said, there have been so many Batman stories in yeah. history, mm-hmm. and yet it wasn't until reading this story that I really asked, like, what does Wayne Enterprises even do? <laughs> Yeah. Like, what is their business? Like, what do they do? They sell something? Do they manufacture something? And I looked it up, yeah. and apparently, mm-hmm. Wayne Enterprises does whatever they want to do. Like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like it's, it's a fictional business, so it's like it's mm-hmm. whatever and whatever any writer at the time wants to say yeah. that they do. Like, they're a multinational conglomerate, is what they mm-hmm. they're described as. <laughs> whatever needs to be relevant to the story. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because, like how Batman has gotten away with readers not asking this question for years yeah. <laughs> is, is kind of interesting. But, yeah. um, but this, but this yeah. story puts, puts the business of winning the prizes very clearly mm-hmm. onto the page. Yeah. And it shows but, that there's a bit of a conflict between his mm-hmm. personal ethics and his um, business yeah. uh, profiteering, yeah. honestly, because like, well, well, yeah, the, the main thing that Wayne Enterprises does sure. is make Batman suits mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and Batmobiles. Like it makes his, his mm-hmm. vigilantism batarangs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The whole R and D department and all that stuff from the yeah. movies. Like, mm-hmm. like um, it is kind of like fraud when you think about it. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Look, but uh, yeah. I'm not going to dwell on this point too long. Um, (laughs) But it's interesting. So as soon as Wayne steps down from CEO, Mm -hmm. they welcome Maxwell Lord to be the next CEO. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's familiar with Maxwell Lord knows he is not that great of a guy. No, (laughs) not not really. Like immediately he talks about, you know, shady dude doing some shady deeds. Mm -hmm. um, Like, um, Doing some uh, gentrification of the neighborhoods and yep, yep. Get get people out of the dirty old city into new modern subdivisions and gated communities. Mm-hmm. Let's 
open up Gotham and see what falls out. Yeah. So, immediately, Batman is uh, patrolling the streets of Gotham in his fancy Batmobile and seeing that the streets are kind of Mm -hmm. struggling. Like, almost every property says condemned. Yeah. There's a sign Um, for Shady Pines. mm -hmm, For a bright future. Yeah. Live in this. Clean suburban living for the right people. Mm, Yeah. It's it's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white family. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Batman is in his protected Batmobile witnessing mm-hmm. all this stuff. And he sees, like, signs yeah. saying, coming soon, Thomas Wayne Expressway, built by Wayne Enterprises. So he's starting to, mm-hmm. like, put the pieces together and see, like, mm-hmm. am I responsible for this? Yeah. But he still has a mission to do, which is mm-hmm. saving lives. So he, we see a scene of him, like, mm-hmm. saving a woman and her child from a burning building. Mm-hmm. With a and- handy-dandy little tracker device. Mm-hmm. And and then very quickly he finds the uh perpetrators mm-hmm. of these um these arsons, like um see a bunch of guys with sunglasses and mm-hmm. like you know jean jacket vests. Yeah, like, <laughs> like they're a little gang here and they yeah. are and he he mm-hmm. says, Who's paying you? Yeah. And, so they're being hired by somebody for arson. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, and even Batman himself says, there's an old poker yeah. saying, if you look around the table and can't tell who the sucker is, then you know who the sucker is. Yeah. And he, the guy points to a sign that says, like, Wayne Enterprise. Express, mm-hmm. like, comes Wayne Express, like, he points to the Expressway sign. Mm-hmm. The gang mm-hmm. gives away that Wayne Enterprises is, is behind all of this. Mm-hmm. And um, before we move on from this scene, I'd like to say um, yeah, Mark Russell has... Um, um, commented on how mm-hmm. this part of the story directly references um, the burnings of buildings in the mm-hmm. Bronx mm. um, in New York and how they did the same thing to, you know, drive mm-hmm. people out and and drive up property rates and such. Like, I don't know all the history of it, but mm-hmm. he's, he's drawing upon r- real world history for even this part yeah. of the story. Too. Not surprising. Mm-hmm. It All seems right. like the kind of thing that would happen that would seem unbelievable, but yeah. Any other thoughts about this scene before we move on? Well, uh, I kind of wanted to point out that like, I dig I dig uh, the evolution of Batman's suit we get throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Like the way it, it changes and goes kind of more armored in, in this part. And you can see like, like he's got knee pads on mm-hmm. uh, and these like interesting seams and stuff. Um, the helmet, yeah, helmet. It's 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 sort of interesting the way he he evolves. And actually, kind of looking at the opposite page, like on this like last part of the segment, it seems almost like he's got a different suit for hanging out with the Justice League. Yeah. Um, or maybe or maybe actually it changed. The suit may have changed earlier than I thought it was because I swear when we first see Batman in this issue, he's got yeah he's got like a breastplate on, like arm around his chest. Um, and then by the time we see him with the Justice League, that seems to be gone. Well, um, maybe that's part to do with the scene itself because uh, he, in this next scene, he talks about how mm-hmm. um, he envisioned the Hall of Justice as a place to pool their efforts and amplify each other's strength and to act. Mm-hmm. But what he actually created was the world's most expensive debate club. 
Like yeah. you see the the Justice League members debating about like what are their mm-hmm. ethics, what are their principles, what should yeah. they do, what shouldn't they do? Mm-hmm. Like Wonder Woman of all people says, "Well, I think not killing people is a good place to start." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this then, this year of Wonder Woman, I don't think kill people. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's a whole can of worms. Like, yeah, I think you're right, but um, yeah, I just don't want to go right. into how, like, which Wonder Woman is better or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then Green Arrow of all people mm-hmm. was like scoffing at what she said. Yeah. <laughs> like both of them have been killers at one point, or like yeah. not killers in other points. Like I don't mm-hmm. know. But um, for the sake of this story, um, I mean, you know, I'm, they're just not agreeing about. Well, the point Oliver makes, I think, makes like works for his character. Mm-hmm. Um, like he says, like we keep we kill people every day simply based on who we choose to save and not save. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the Troy problem, mm-hmm. um, which that becomes like, like a recurring theme later on. And then Aquaman um, has this hilarious line: "What's a trolley?" <laughs> <laughs> The fish man doesn't know what a trolley is. Yeah, he's having a he's having a blonde moment here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> or or just a fish out of water moment. But yeah, um, hey, I see what you did there. Yeah, but it's like this is this this is all great stuff. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, like, I, like I, I gotta read this. I'm sorry, but I gotta read this exchange. Go ahead. What if like Green Lantern says? What if the principle is that we try not to kill people? And uh, we try not to kill people. That's where the emphasis is, excuse me. And Green Arrow just says, Ugh, you are such a squish. <laughs> I don't and, know uh, if that's a 70s insult or what, but <laughs> you are such a squish. It's funny. Like I I, yeah. I love this. I mean, yeah, mm. Green Arrow usually does play the uh, the role of the... Um, the the one on the team who questions them the most because the cynic. Par- yeah the cynic be- partially because he is one of the few humans among them him and yeah. Batman mm-hmm. who don't have like flashy powers um yeah. I mean and, and, and he's a human heart you know ring. yeah well, yeah yeah so um yeah I mean it's it's interesting it's interesting it's always interesting to see the Justice League try to yeah figure out what their mission is um, or their yeah. purpose. And and the way that, like you said, with the theme of the trolley, mm-hmm. uh, the trolley problem, like it, it very succinctly uh, allows the characters to kind of share their perspective on like, what mm-hmm. do you do? Like um, Batman says, do you know what you would do in a shipwreck with people drowning everywhere you look? Like he's not, mm-hmm. he says it's not a trolley. It's a shipwreck. Yeah. And he says, what you need to do is save those within reach. Yep. And then he says something that's classic Batman line. Call me when there's a problem too big for you to handle. Otherwise I work alone. I work alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very Batman. Yeah. This is, and this is one of the few um, versions of Batman where that's not a bunch of bullshit because mm-hmm. uh, this, this Batman doesn't work with a Robin or a Batgirl, or anybody. True. Uh, so, I mean, he does have Alfred. So even yeah. then, but yeah. so, mm-hmm. um, and then it's funny because like Superman's like, I'm not sure that's what Mr. Wayne had in mind when he created the Hall of Justice, and Batman's yeah. like, ask him, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that he is him. 
Mm-hmm. Which is kind of okay. funny because I don't know if he knows at this point that Superman has X-ray vision and could probably <laughs> figure out to him if he wanted to, but I guess yeah. he hasn't. Like, I, I do feel like this Superman especially is like too too polite to actually yes. peek behind his friend's mask. That's the implication, and like it. That's why I love it because there's so many layers to these conversations yeah. that, mm-hmm. that they're having here. I actually, I actually kind of prefer it when Superman. Like, I, there, I think there have been a few versions of Superman Batman meeting where he doesn't like just X-ray vision to find out his secret identity. I, I usually prefer that because I do think Superman would be too polite to do that. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Professor X of the X-Men. Like the the, the yeah. perpetual question is like, how much does he use his mind reading powers on other yeah. people? He he claims he doesn't, but he probably does from time to time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? All right, so back to Superman. Um, he he does kind of follow Batman out, and they have a more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, um, again, Superman has to point out, like, I saved the Earth from an asteroid. You're welcome, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> like as super as Batman storms out, like, <laughs> yeah, it's um, a good it's a good running gag. Yeah, and. Um, Again, the theme of hope returns because before Batman left, he mentioned, unlike mm. you, I can't afford the luxury of time. I'm not an immortal. All the good I'm going to do in the world, I need to do it now. Mm. Like, I don't have the luxury of hope. You live among the clouds. I wouldn't expect you to understand the war raging in the streets, the daily battle over small lives. Like, he's not wrong, but he's yeah. also a little mm-hmm. bit antagonistic, like, a little more hostile to Superman than he needs to be, probably. Yeah. In this moment. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's, it's just so rich with character, I think. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very on point, I think, mm-hmm. writing-wise. Mm-hmm. And so, then Batman, mm-hmm. you know, he, he has some narration that goes more yeah. in depth about the trolley plot problem. Yes. For those who aren't familiar I- with it. It mm-hmm. says, imagine you're a railway operator and you see a trolley heading full speed towards five people who have been tied to the track. And the only way to stop it is to switch the track, knowing that if you do so, it'll kill an employee who's working on the mm-hmm. other track. Yes. Would you do it? Would you trade five lives for one mm-hmm. and have the knowledge that you had a hand in that one's death? Yeah. And so everyone has a different answer to this. Mm-hmm. But Batman's answer is, of course, yes, you should flip the switch, even if an mm-hmm. innocent person dies. But mm-hmm. his reasoning is is very unique. He says, yeah. not to save the five lives, but uh-huh. to deny whoever tied them to that track, whatever it was that they wanted. To yes. Know that they failed, that uh-huh. they will always fail. Because yes. in the long run, that's what saves lives. <laughs> like he, uh-huh. he, he has some very gritty, like, yeah. self-serious um, monologuing going yeah. on here. And, if I may and, continue. Mm-hmm. Sorry. If I may continue, mm-hmm. I suppose the purpose of the thought experiment is to make you consider what, to what extent you're willing to play God. But if you hold the power of life and death in your hands, then you're not playing. Yes, like, like very... he takes this very seriously. And yes, I, I mean that's good, I guess. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you wouldn't want to see it as a, as a joke, would you? Right. Like he's not wrong, mm-hmm. but he is like, like no fun. <laughs> yeah. It is a very Batman answer. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very much Batman's answer to the trolley problem. Interestingly, mm-hmm. the characterization I would say is very like modern Batman. 
Yes. As opposed to like Silver Age Batman. Yes. But um, that's what we have in this book. A mix of like modern and Silver Age like, uh, characterization. Yeah. I honestly, I, uh, the more the more I read it, but read of it, the more I thought, I I think I think um, I think um, uh, Russell just wanted to place it in this time so he could comment on Watergate, and, and all um, the other historical moments, yeah. <laughs> and other historical moments. Yeah, I yeah. I really think it is less about depicting these characters at the time as they were at the time, and more just about putting them in the history, and that's fine, but yeah, like um. It did affect what I thought when I first started reading about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mark Russell did a pretty interesting um, podcast. I want to shout out, um, uh, let me see, the Comics Cube. Um, he did a podcast. He was talking about how look, look, they asked the question, does Superman work better in a period piece or does he work better, um, you know, mm-hmm. in present day? Because some people are kind of like split on that, but yeah. Mark Russell kind of responded. He's like, "Well, it. I think he doesn't really see it as either or. He kind mm. of feels like Superman is just great as a thought experience experiment about like, yeah, what would we do if we had that power, and if we tried to be our best self. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think he's right. Like, mm-hmm. Superman can work very well in the period piece, or he can work very well." in a modern context like you know mm-hmm. it's just about is he true to his character yeah exactly so i um, agree completely yeah so let's move on to the next scene uh, yes. um this is a quick little scene of mm-hmm. superman running into the flash mm-hmm. <laughs> in the hall of justice yeah it's kind of a funny scene because he's like what yeah. like what are you doing and he's like he- i'm defusing a bomb what does it look like mm-hmm. It it does make sense. He's like, "Why are you defusing a bomb inside the Hall of Justice?" He's like, yeah. "Well, you don't expect me to do it in my apartment, do you? That wouldn't <laughs> be safe." <laughs> I really like the Flash in here. Yeah, it's really I, funny. Like, as like I like my introduction to the Flash was the uh, Justice League cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in like in my mind, the Flash is always going to be the comic relief character, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't always the role he's given in the comics. Mm-hmm. So anytime a comic does treat him as the, the the goofy one, it feels right to me. That's interesting because yeah. I I have very conflicting feelings about that because mm-hmm. you might remember that the the Justice League cartoon was Wally West. Yes, and. I always kind of viewed Wally West as more of the comic, as more as the comedic one, whereas mm. Barry Allen's always more a little bit yeah. um, more serious. Um, yeah. And then I feel like over time, they've mm-hmm. gone back and forth and merged their characters so much. Like, it's like, it almost doesn't matter, like, who yeah. the Flash is. Like, like by the time they did the Justice League movie, you had Barry uh-huh. Allen, who was the comedic relief. And it's like, yeah, it just, yeah. and that kind of, I didn't really like that as much yeah i see where you're coming from but i I, again it it, every every uh reader or watcher can have their own opinion about it and i i don't i mean i like it when it's you know Mm -hmm. it and a story like this it doesn't really matter it does provide some comic relief which is probably needed you know (laughs) definitely and it doesn't really matter if it's barry allen or Mm -hmm. wally west so i'm gonna let that go (laughs) yeah Good point. Good point. 
All right, so then we return to the Daily Planet. Yes. And and uh, Perry White informs Clark that he's off the Watergate case because someone else mm-hmm. wants it, someone better. And, of yeah. course, it's Lois Lane. <laughs> Did you bring the news to Clark yet? Oh. He's right there. <laughs> yep. Wow, wow. And she's she's just very straightforward. She's like, I'm sorry, Clark, but you're just too trusting. I feel mm-hmm. like maybe there's something bigger there that you're not getting, that this goes higher up. Yep. And, and, and she's right. Yep. Meanwhile, Clark is naive enough to be like, Lois, I did my homework. This breaking was strictly amateur hour. And he and he yep. tries to like yeah. talk and about his reporting and like mm-hmm. he's laying out the facts that he found. And then she's basically saying like, yeah. And you really think that this was just random or con- like yeah. a coincidence? Like these people a did couple this on of their failed own? Cuban freedom fighters, some ex-CIA and an FBI burnout just planned the burly on their own without any help? It certainly looks that way. Then do you mind if I ask, how do they all know each other? <laughs> <laughs> the first rule of covering politics, just because someone's powerful doesn't mean they're smart. <laughs> That's a very good point. And very, very, very good point. And and something that I'm sure he's mm-hmm. reflecting on for himself because yeah, he's powerful, but he's like I said before, he's not the smartest one, at least not yet. Himbo <laughs> Superman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> sure head start small though. So then um we get like a double page. Mm-hmm. A splash of uh, Superman doing yeah. his, you know, Superman stuff, saving, saving a the day, shaking hands with the president, which at this time mm-hmm. is Nixon. Yeah. Smiling, and there's, and there's Elvis in the background, mm-hmm. um, so you can assume he's probably receiving like a Medal of Freedom or something. Well, this is actually like, I are you aware that this is actually based on an actual photograph of Nixon and Elvis? No. Um, yeah, I'm sure Superman wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, oh no, definitely not. There was there was like a, a very weird real life story. It was this was during like the 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 start of the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick like Elvis just one day just like went to the president and was just like, oh hey there, I I want to help. I want to help with the war on drugs. Uh, so Nixon Nixon actually had Elvis deputized. Um. And like Elvis got involved in some like drug busts, um, mm. and there's this famous picture of them like shaking hands. Like mm, I, did, I didn't know about any of this. That's interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I recommend you look into it. Like you and our listeners looking into it because it's a very wild story. Um, and like I know Elvis, you know, had kind of a wild life. Uh, I did yeah. not watch the new movie. Um, I haven't gotten around to it yet. No. And honestly, either. this panel really kind of. Uh, is gross to me. Like I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. Like Superman, like it just kind of shows his naivete at this moment mm-hmm. in his career. Yes. Like, um, and I think that's intended. But, um, yeah. and and even the even his own narration says, mm-hmm. um, I suppose that in the space age, that operating on this kind of operate optimism might seem naive, hokey, even. Yes. But when all seems lost, when the cynical and corrupt are firmly in charge, isn't that when you need optimists the most? Yeah. So, uh, before, I, sorry, before we move on, I do want yeah. to talk about, like, I, I, I should mention that uh, Superman, has own, Superman has his own take on the trolley problem in this uh, part. Yeah. Um, 
where uh if if I may if I may read it, um my mind kept coming back to the trolley problem. If you could save five people by sacrificing one, should you do it? Should you do it? To me, the answer seems to be no. You should try to save them all. Because if because even if you fail and end up sending five people to their deaths, you remain the kind of person who will do whatever it takes to save six. The kind of person um the kind of person who refuses to play God even though you have the power to even though you have the power to. In the end, that's what saves the most lives. And um, that's, that's what led him to have these thoughts about why optimism yeah, yeah. is necessary. Mm-hmm. And Even that's a very Superman like answer. Like anyone who yes. has read some of the greatest Superman stories mm-hmm. knows that that's always his answer. He he believes yeah. that there's always a way, even yeah. even when it seems impossible, even mm-hmm. when everyone tells him no, like yeah. even when the facts, even when it seems like the last minute, like he he mm-hmm. always tries to come up with a solution to save everybody because yeah. that's, that's who he the- is. The that best Superman stories mm-hmm. are him like finding a way to save the day, even when it seems impossible. Because mm-hmm. he's a man who can fly. Mm-hmm. So why should impossible be a problem? You know, yeah, like impossible doesn't exist for Superman. Agreed. You said it. Put print that on a pillow. <laughs> also, also, real quick, one last thing about this page: um, Lois meets Deep Throat. Yep. <laughs> now that tale I like. <laughs> yes, that's that's fun. Like it doesn't it doesn't get too into it, but if you know if you know you know, and that's close yeah. me deep throat. Yeah, and like in this whole page is is pretty well illustrated. You see him like um, mm. saving um, a huge ship, the Edmund Fitzgerald. I don't know if that one has historical significance, but mm-hmm. he saves the people on the ship. He's flying over cornfield. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. the art. As yeah. always, is great. <laughs> I, I will give it. I will. I will say real quick one more thing. If anyone's listening and doesn't know what I'm talking about about Deep Throat, um, I don't feel like explaining it because it gets kind of weirdly embarrassing. Um, but if you want to know, look up Watergate Deep Throat. Don't just look up Deep Throat. You might get something um unsavory. Well said. Um, yes. But um, with that, we can continue. Yeah, like Deep Throat and Watergate is mm-hmm. like very interesting, important yeah. history, uh, American history that. Mm-hmm. If you aren't informed about it, look it up, and, yes. um, and then Get you can see why I don't like him shaking hands with Nixon. <laughs> exactly, but I do think that's the point. I do yeah. think we're not. You're supposed to feel a little uneasy about that. Yeah, like Superman is being a little naive and trusting of the world leaders, and mm-hmm. Lois Lane is doing the investigative work to kind of yes find out what's really going on. Rock on, Lois. Yeah. So that's why they make a good pair. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. let's move on to the next scene. Yes. Smallville, Kansas. Yep. Um, his mom comes running out. Clark, we've mm-hmm. missed you so much. Yeah. And Sorry, I haven't immediately more. about, you know, his love life. <laughs> How are yeah. things going with that girl, the one you like? She's 28 years old, Ma. And not great. <laughs> love that exchange. Love that line. Mm-hmm. And then pause, like, look who the cake dragged in. <laughs> <laughs> I really love this Jonathan Kent. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah. Um, like all, all the characters are great. Um, like you see, Ma Kent twirling his hair. Yeah, <laughs> giving him that little S curl that we all, you know, know and love. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, Superman gets kind of candid about why he likes Lois Lane. He's like, his mm-hmm. mom asked him. Have have you told her how you feel? And he says, mm-hmm. "I've tried, but it's 
hard to get past the journalist. Um, mm -hmm. When I'm with her as Clark, we seem to understand each other so well. But then I'm with her as Superman, and she seems to understand me even better. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's just a little mm -hmm. a lot for him to handle, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and so then we go to a scene with him and Lois again at the bar. Yep, the seagull. The seagull. And, mm -hmm. and there, he's kind of narrating about his secret identity. Mm -hmm. And... And like why, even though it might seem silly to the casual observer, for him, the main reason that he likes to maintain his secret identity is because mm -hmm. it's the only way he can find people who are willing to tell him the truth up yep. to his face. Like mm -hmm. if they don't know he's Superman, they can speak freely about what they think about Superman or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Um. It's kind of an interesting take. You know, I don't know that yeah. I've heard that in a lot of other Superman stories. Yeah. And um, and Lois is very candid about what she thinks about Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, She's like, to be honest, he, he's, he's a little disappointing. Yeah, yeah. It's just hard to trust somebody so aware of their own power. It's like he's trying mm -hmm. to convince you the whole time that it's okay that he has all this power. Or at least convince himself. Yep. So, yeah. as Ma Kent points out, like, it sounds like these are the things that you love about her. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. um, it's, like, it's not an obstacle to being with her. You might want to, you know, seize this moment. Yeah. Paraphrase. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I suppose you're right, Mom. And then Pa mm -hmm. Kent chimes in, glad we could be of help, even though he didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 he sips it, it's his coffee good, or whatever he's drinking. It's a good, it's a good callback to how earlier uh, he says um, when when Clark mentions that he's there because he's got girl. Well, Ma, Ma says he's got girl problems, and Pa says, "So you decided to be the expert, huh?" And Clark just goes, "Yep, mom." Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah very I funny, very that. funny in exchanges here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then then we cut back to him talking to Lois again. Uh, this time they're out and about getting hot dogs um and would you like to explain what what well i guess i guess the scene is longer than i thought sorry um but oh, yeah, like i said they're getting hot dogs um uh -huh. superman says uh oh well, um the hot dog stand guy offers him one and superman mm -hmm. says sorry but i don't carry cash on me so mm -hmm. he gets it for free yeah and and, and i want to point out that he knows the guy's name mm-hmm like he knows the dude and I think that's really nice. But interestingly, like Lois is kind of like seeing how mm. people treat Superman. Like, yeah. like everyone adores him. They'll give him free stuff. They'll ask him for yeah. autographs. Mm -hmm. And it's not without reason because he's he's very kind and thoughtful to yeah. everyone around them. Like he, he helps a lady mm -hmm. um, yeah. get up to her sixth floor apartment, like an old lady who. Mm -hmm. Oh, sweet Lord of Ham. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Then she offers to serve them tea. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, like, the larger purpose of doing stuff like this is because it makes people feel like no matter who they are or no matter mm -hmm. how great or small their problems are, somebody mm -hmm. cares about them. Yeah. And he, mm -hmm. he compliments the old lady on her tea. He says, excellent tea, man. Yeah. That's that's what I love about Superman. He he cares about everybody. Mm -hmm. Like he's gonna help anybody with their with their problem. He'll just help an old lady get upstairs, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Like, she could probably do it fine. She'd be tired when she came up, but she's not going to, like, you know, die mm-hmm. if he doesn't get her up there. But he's just being a good guy because he's a good guy. Yeah, and he does look out for the little people or just, like, everybody, really. Like, yeah. like he, he try like, even though he can't save everybody at once, yeah. he does go out of his way to he show does people he that can. he notices them and values them. Mm-hmm. And he says that it's important because then they feel that way even when no one's looking. Yeah. He's he's a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. But the thing about him is he, he can be anyone's neighbor because he can be anywhere, you know, blink of an eye because he's the fastest, you know, one of the fastest things moving and he can fly and, all, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's just here to help and that's what's beautiful about him. Yeah. So then Superman and Lois bond over the fact that both of their dads fought in the war. Yep. Lois, um, Superman tells a story about when his dad, mm-hmm. um, he was in the Pacific and his transport was hit by a torpedo mm-hmm. and most of his uh, ship went down, but him and another, um, yeah. him and another uh, officer, mm-hmm. his friend Toby, yeah, his friend, they were able to grab, um, you know, mm-hmm. a life raft, not a life raft, but like a, just a piece of wood. Yeah. To keep them afloat for a while. Yeah. Like days. They were just floating in the water. Yeah. Um, and, this, so- and and his friend Toby helped his dad hang on yeah. l- as long as they could. Yeah. Because uh, he kept telling him that a ship was coming. Yeah. He said tomorrow. they were, he was able to radio ahead and mm-hmm. a, a boat was coming tomorrow. So the next day. Yeah. It took a couple of days actually before the boat actually came. Yeah. But Toby died on the third day. Yeah. And apparently he had a re- really bad head wound. Mm-hmm. And so after Toby died, the boat came and Pa Kent found out that mm-hmm. to- Toby lied about the yeah. boat coming. Like he didn't know it. Like this was, These guys just happened upon them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. but without that lie, Jonathan Kent wouldn't have made it or hung on as long as he did. So, mm-hmm. so that's why Superman kind of believes that sometimes mm-hmm. it's important to give people hope, even when there's no good reason for it. He says, "Hope is the lie we make come true." Yeah, that's 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 beautiful. That's like a like that's what I mean. When, that's what I mean when he says it's it, when I say it's cynical but not depressing. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like like it's 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 kind of painful even like this this whole all, like just thinking about you know the many ways in which you know people go about their lives mm-hmm. telling lies to each other to their loved ones that, even yeah but for a hopeful reason yeah it because he does say that he probably would have given up if he didn't think there was hope there's help coming you know yeah like like we do it all the time like yeah uh i mean <laughs> I mean, anyone listening to this podcast probably uh, has an experience of Santa Claus. Maybe I'm not going <laughs> to dive too deep into that, but like you wait, know, wait, actually, what do you mean? <laughs> wait, what do you mean, uh, Freddie? What, what are you talking about? I mean, uh, sometimes we uh, we want to we 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 tell stories of Santa Claus for a reason, mm-hmm. and we don't know if it's good or bad. <laughs> but okay, but uh. You know, but that. when you look at your memories as a kid, you know, it's like, well, yeah. maybe, maybe it was good. Maybe yeah. it was, who knows? Yeah. Good time. It <laughs> was a good time. Topic here. All right. Good. Yeah. If I get you, but 
Yeah. I I'd say Toby did the right thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not. It's like it's it's not a harmful lie. It's like um, it's a hopeful, hopeful lie. lie. I'd say. It, or I guess you could call it a white lie, or you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Um, mm. it, it's interesting. Like I love the way that Mark Russell mm-hmm. examines hope from so many different angles. Yeah. And how it's he- something that's very intangible. Like you can't. Yeah. Promise it. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't guarantee it. Yeah. That's all you can do is hope for it, and and exactly. like, and if it seems like a lie at the time, mm-hmm. well, if you get lucky, it might actually come true. Yeah, it's it's nice to finally get a Superman story that really explores what hope means and doesn't mm-hmm. just use it as like a buzzword. Yeah, like in a realistic way, like exactly, like um, a realistic and honest way. Like I think back to the Snyder movie where he's like, mm-hmm. um, she, she, Lois asks, "What does the S mean?" He's like, "It's not yeah. an S." In my world, it means hope. And we're like, yeah. okay. But like the conversation kind of ends there and it doesn't really yeah. it never, mean much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But he here, never seems like a hopeful figure in those films. Mm-hmm. But here, it's just it's a lot more perfect. thoughtful about the way it's yeah. written into the theme. Exactly. Agreed wholeheartedly. All right. So. Um, and here, here's where it gets a little bit bananas. Yeah, we are on Earth eight three two six five four dash Z. Yes, <laughs> and it's it's in barren. Bad shape. It's barren mm-hmm. except for like Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, these pages Superman no noticeably has black on the shield of his S. Yes, almost Kingdom Kingdom Come esque. Mm-hmm. Or even like you know, mm-hmm. uh, well yeah, more Kingdom Come than um classic superman like yeah. a, l- a little bit flash style too yeah 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 somewhere so, in between yeah and he's 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 basically talking to himself he's like why do i stay on a planet that's been yeah. destroyed as punishment mm-hmm. for my failure to save them to save my home and why do i keep talking to myself is it because i have no one else to talk to yeah <laughs> or is it or because, is it because the, the moment, moment i stop the speech the sound of speech disappears from the earth forever jeez so, Unfreaking believable. <laughs> <laughs> that that part made me laugh so loud when I first read this. <laughs> that he goes from this like this like this like depressing like man at the end of the world speech to unfreaking believable. Mm-hmm, because he sees that Brainiac's ship has the arrived. audacity. Brainiac comes down mm-hmm. to talk to him. He's like, "You got a lot of nerve coming back here." <laughs> yep, he's gonna clock him. But Brainiac in his classic uh, way says, there is no time for your feckless sentimentality. Yes. <laughs> um, and he kind of explains like why he yeah. did what he did. Yeah, we can he assume did that Earth... Well, he, he basically explains that he stripped this mm-hmm. world of its natural resources because the universe is about to come to an end. He says he mm-hmm. took nothing that wasn't about to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. But he has returned to tell him that he wants to basically recruit him mm-hmm. in his fight against the Anti-Monitor mm-hmm. who will destroy this universe and every other universe he comes to. Mm-hmm. So Superman's like, why would I ever yeah. join you after everything you've done? You've destroyed my world. Mm-hmm. You took everything from me. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, not true. I left you your fortress. <laughs> <laughs> and he flies away in his mm-hmm. ship. And mm-hmm. Superman's like, but what's the point when there's no one to rebuild the planet mm-hmm. for? Like, yeah. He's very defeated at this point. Yeah. And the reader is kind of left wondering, like, is this the future? Mm. Is this an alternate reality? Yeah. Like, we don't I mean, really know. Yeah, not to, not to be too like nerdy about it, but if if you're a DC Comics reader, you can you can probably just assume this is a different Earth because it yeah. says Earth. Um, a, you know, it gives a designation for the Earth it is. So I think most people can probably get that this is supposed to be just another Earth in the multiverse, not a future for the Superman we've been reading about. Well, I I don't know. I feel like it could possibly be the Superman that we're reading about in this book because yeah. we don't know the designation of the yeah. Earth that he's from. That is a good point. This because this clearly isn't Earth Zero, the one we read mm-hmm. about, you know, in the normal yeah. mainstream book. So yeah. that, that's you're correct. So um, that's why it's kind of like an interesting mystery as as we continue to read into yeah. book three. Uh, we still got about I, forty pages here that we have. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, let, let's see. How can we? Mm-hmm fly through these next couple pages okay yeah, so let's, let's try we're back at the justice league hall of justice mm-hmm. <laughs> flash is still trying to defuse bombs <laughs> yep his little pet project yeah um but then how jordan calls out mm-hmm. the same thing that brainiac said he says um an artificial life form known to strip whole worlds of their resources is coming here mm-hmm this is something that the whole Green Lantern Corps knows about. Yep. And so he's trying to bring this to the Justice League. He tells them about Brainiac. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, any thoughts about this scene? Um, not, not really. You know, it's, it's kind of just a, to me, it's just kind of a, um, story story it's, it's just story scene you know like it we need to know about bringing yeah. later yeah yeah exactly it's the plot moving scene there's nothing really interesting about comedic it comedic moments but yeah yes yeah. there's the comedic moments but it's not really there's nothing to dissect i don't think so we can just keep going all right so um, then um superman superman decides to do some investigating of his own yeah he's connected that he's as lois would have told him to do like he's learned to mm-hmm. be a bit more of his own investigative yep. journalist here yep yep and he found a lot of planets that were stripped bare just like the mm-hmm. earth that we saw mm-hmm. um and he starts to feel fear he says mm-hmm. for the first time since he was a child yep and he wonders is that mm-hmm. what people feel when they first see him mm-hmm yeah. So it's, it's an interesting moment, but I did kind of forget about it. Yeah. Uh, compared to some of the other parts, but that is, a, that is an interesting thought for him to have. And then he goes to meet Lois Lane again mm-hmm. um, on the helipad of the Daily Planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they have another interview. Yeah. Um, and, because, and she asks mm-hmm. him why. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't ask him why, but he says, uh, he tells her why. He says, I don't want to be a mystery to the human race. I want them mm. to see me for who I am. Mm. It's just hard for me. Mm. And then 
She says, is that your one weakness, shyness? He's like, well, that and kryptonite. Mm-hmm. And so... He tells her about kryptonite. Yeah. Because he wants her to... Sorry, if I, if, I, if I can, if I may take over a bit. Um, sure. He wants her to understand. He wants to, like, let her... Like, he wants to, you know, basically... Like, because she, she talked about how, how can we trust you if we, you know, if you're powerful and, you know, undefeatable. He wants to prove that he can be trusted by sharing his weakness with her and with the world, pretty much. And that's kind of like, a dumb thing to do. I mean, I get where he's coming bit. from, but we all know how that comes back to bite him, like, most of the time when everyone knows his weakness. Like, yeah. <laughs> if what? I can liken this to something in my real world i'm about to do the same dumb thing that he he just did but mm-hmm. my weakness is uh peanuts i have a peanut allergy mm. and every time i tell someone about this i'm like i'm literally telling people how they could easily kill me <laughs> <laughs> but um i suppose the difference no, is yeah hopefully no one will want to kill me yeah no <laughs> i was gonna say Fortunately for you, you probably have many like way less people who want you dead than superman does but that's the funny thing like Almost mm-hmm. everyone who I'm close to has tried to kill me at least once or twice with peanuts. <laughs> like not intentionally, but like yeah. <laughs> it just it just it just happens because you know mm-hmm. it, I, I I can see that you come across peanuts sometimes and things you mm-hmm. least suspect. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny, but yeah, I've yeah. survived every uh, uh, exposure so far. Thank goodness, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and we hope Superman survives yes. his uh, kryptonite exposure. So. Yes. Indeed. Anyway, I, I actually think it's very noble and brave of him to share his weakness with people, um, for I the mean, purpose of, yeah, being less scary. I get it. I just, but feel I like, do get where you're coming from. You know, just I'm just saying, like in terms of mm-hmm. strategy, like the less people who know, the less Good people point. can use it against you. Good point. And you know, in in Lois's in Lois's uh, defense, she actually offers to um consider that off the record, and he tells her to print it. Like yeah. he says, I want, I'm sharing with, because I want people to know this. And he very naively yeah. says, I figure that if anyone is willing to go through all this trouble to find whatever tiny scraps of kryptonite they can find, then I must have done something to deserve it. And, yeah. But I, I've just mm-hmm. seen so many Superman stories where, mm-hmm. no, he doesn't deserve that. But, yeah. but people I mean, do no. it anyway. Yeah. Like Lex Luthor like, is the first one to do it. He's like, <laughs> and we'll see. Lex Luthor, again, in this world, is the first one to do it. <laughs> well, yeah. It, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Actually, but I, I might be forgetting, forgetting something, but anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, um, so where were we? I kind of skipped ahead a little bit. Uh, Daily Planets. Uh, people are yelling at Lois. Mm-hmm. Um, or ye- yelling at Perry, Perry about Lois. More like. Yeah, they say that Lois Lane's Watergate articles have got the rest of them blackballed. Mm-hmm. Mad. Yeah. But Superman, or, or yeah. Clark Kent stands up yeah. for her. He's like... Yeah, he gets real... T- yeah. He basically calls them cowards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he talks about how much courage Lois has. Yep. And how if any of us did our jobs half as well as she did, you know, mm-hmm. then, then we would be writing those articles, you know. Mm-hmm. so and, like that's a good scene like you get to see mm-hmm. him stand up for somebody as clark and particularly yeah. stand up for lois in an office yeah. of men like i think it's a good moment it's good um mm-hmm. 
maybe Lois doesn't need a man to stand up for her, but she's yeah. not mad about it. Yeah. I, it's, it's, yeah. I, I think she probably could handle it herself, but it's still nice to see Clark finally like drop the mild mannered bit and you know give his piece. Yeah. We get to see uh Jimmy Olsen pop in for a few panels I, with his I do love this the, very seventies Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, look at his outfit. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And um so Clark's um Groovy. show of courage mm-hmm. leads Perry White to make him his new editor. Yeah. Okay. I I I guess that's the only qualification he needs. <laughs> Putzpa. Yeah, he's got he got gumption. Yep, indeed. <laughs> anyway, Perry White um, is the kind of old man who would give you a job because you got gumption. But my question is, does Lois deserve that job? Like, she's the one who did all the reporting. Like, <laughs> I mean, I I don't I feel like Lois would rather stay on the field as long yeah, as she can. Probably, I can definitely see Lois turning it down just because she wants to keep being a on the on the ground reporter. And if I can just sidetrack for another second, like, mm-hmm. um, we've talked before about how, um, comics have showed varying levels of her competency mm-hmm. as a journalist like she like like we like it when she is competent although yeah. there have been times where she's a little less serious but yeah. um one thing that stands out to me is like in the movies she mm-hmm. was a competent journalist but she, she had terrible spelling <laughs> yeah so so we don't know if that's the case here but like mm-hmm. i guess the editor has to be good at spelling yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and that does that does come up in the comics sometimes as a, yeah. as a nod. Yeah, so, that, that, they do kind of like mention like, that. I, I I take it as canon. Yeah, I, I that's her one that's her one Achilles heel. Yeah, <laughs> she needs she needs an editor to correct her spelling errors. <laughs> so they go to the seagull once again, mm-hmm. and they have another uh, heartfelt conversation. You yep. get to see Pariah outside of the. The bar walking yep. the streets looking very ghostly yeah on his way home um but this is a very important conversation because um lois lane says that what happened just there in the newsroom is nothing new she's used to mm-hmm. it being the only woman there mm-hmm. and he kind of says well you shouldn't have to get used to it mm-hmm. but then she admits you know like you just you just do get used to it you get used to pretending that it doesn't get to you, mm-hmm. that you're bigger than everything they've designed to make you feel small. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, he really relates to her because he feels like he's also like spent a whole life. lifetime being two people, mm-hmm. and neither one is really you. And so, like, they they really bond over this moment, mm-hmm. and they kiss. They kiss, yay! And everyone <laughs> in the bar is staring. <laughs> I would die. <laughs> A little awkward, but you know. If I had the first kiss, my first kiss with a girl I love, well, a bunch of people, a bunch of strangers stared at us. I would faint. I wonder if that's but, strangers or if that's their coworkers. I'm not I mean, sure. it could be. It could be friends. They they spend a lot of time at this bar. It could be guys they, they know. Yeah. But so they kiss, mm-hmm. uh, and the narration says, um. Maybe that's all love is seeing somebody for who they are and letting them see you. Yeah. 
but that's very sweet. That's very sweet. So then we return to Batman. Batman. uh, Interrogating thugs in the sewers. Yeah. Um... So he's investigating these arsons mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. one of the guys ends up burning himself with his Molotov cocktail. Mm-hmm. But Batman's able to save the guys, yep. drag them out of the sewers. Mm-hmm. But he comes to find that Gotham is burning. Yep. The whole darn city's on fire. Yeah. Because of all this BS going on. And so his narration kind of talks about um, how what he's doing isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And it'll never be enough if he's only playing defense. Mm-hmm. And so then he goes back to Wayne Manor. It's morning. He's reading the news. Uh, he's seeing that. And the headline is an anonymous hippie accuses Wayne Enterprises of arson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the anonymous hippie is Batman. So he's so like he 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 sent the anonymous tip. Uh-huh. Am I reading that correctly? Yes. I'm kind of missing that in the I I'm pretty sure Yeah, I'm pretty sure the idea is that Batman tipped them off. Um and the Gotham Gazette, Gazette referred to Batman as oh, an yeah. anonymous hippie. Yeah, I see it here. Yeah, <laughs> which I suppose isn't like wrong considering this version of Batman and this era. Like, yeah, the fact that he's blowing the whistle on this corporation yeah. is probably a little bit uh, frowned yeah. upon. I mean, like even recently, mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of whistleblowers get. Heavily yeah. uh, criticized uh, mm-hmm. in the media, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, he did what he thought was right, and he's trying to yeah. play more offensively now. Yeah. So yeah. he has a he invites all the Wayne Industries people over to Wayne Manor mm-hmm. at their annual Housing for the Poor fundraiser. Yep, yep. Which is a little bit like ironic because uh-huh. they're the ones driving the poor you know, into further poverty. Yep, you got it. And out of their rich homes. People. But anyway. Rich people. Uh, <laughs> but that's what I, part I, of Batman's plan, to give them board. a little bit of comeuppance, or at least to make them a yep. little scared, because mm-hmm. he has a plan to wear an outlandish, bright gold suit mm-hmm. and act very yep. flamboyant so that people yep. remember that he was there, so that mm-hmm. when he leaves and switches places with Alfred, yep. um, Puts him he in the can, suit and puts the bag on his head. Yeah, and he pretends that he's Batman holding Bruce Wayne hostage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, saying that the party's over, mm-hmm. and you guys got to listen to me. What you're doing is wrong. Yeah, and you guys got to stop it. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and and then can I can I say the crazy part he does the crazy sure. thing. Yeah, he blows up the Wayne the Wayne Tower. Karoom. Yeah, Karoom. He he he's he's to let them know that he means gosh dang business with a capital B. Uh, so he's he's yeah, gonna blow he's, up their their shit, and he starts and he, with the Wayne Tower. And he's specifically trying to put the fear into Maxwell Lord, who's at this yes. party, who is the current CEO. 
Yeah, the scumbag um, burning down all those buildings. Yeah. So then, of course, everybody is like scared. Mm-hmm. They leave and they run out of the out of his uh, mansion, and then he blows up his own mansion. Yeah, yeah. He and he tells them he's gonna. He's like, it's very he's similar like, to like Batman Begins. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, the Christopher Nolan movie, and then mm-hmm. even a little bit of like Batman Year One. By yeah, Frank yeah. Miller. Yeah, you. It's like the the speech he gives to the rich people, like you you feasted on the city long enough, exactly, or whatever. Like, I kind of like anti-capitalist Batman. I'm not gonna oh hell yes, <laughs> I am here for anti-capitalist Batman. Like I don't know how anti-capitalist he really is if he's still rich himself. But I mean, yeah, I mean but... that, that's something that are, the comics have been dealing with lately. Yeah. I think that's the thing. He he's you know he can he can be the good capitalist. You can try at least. <laughs> at least. Um, so then, I, I, before we move on too much, sorry, I point out um, his in 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 Bruce Wayne's den, he's got the the hotline and the Shakespeare bus from the Adam West show. Yeah, yeah, he's got the uh, the red phone. Yeah, <laughs> Shakespeare bus. That like I love all these little details. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure it probably didn't hurt that. Already, like we said, was was doing those Batman sixty six books. Definitely, definitely not. So, but now it's nineteen seventy four, and we're back mm-hmm. in Metropolis. Yep. And we finally get a scene where mm-hmm. Clark tries to come out to Lois that he's Superman, but she's mm-hmm. she catches him before he can even admit it. She's like, yeah. he's like Lois, I am. And she's like Superman. He's like, mm-hmm. you knew, but how? She's like Clark. I'm the reporter who reporter broke water. Broke Watergate. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> so I guess in this universe, you know, uh, Woodward and Bernstein don't get as much credit as they do in the real world. She, yeah. She, she stole the headline. <laughs> yeah. Well. And, what are you uh, gonna do? And like, and he he um tells mm-hmm. her this as they just see the news that like she her headline made the front page. Mm. Dixon is about to resign because of this. Yep. So he's very proud of her. Mm-hmm. As he should be. Mm-hmm. And he says that the reason he waited till now to tell her is because he wanted to protect her. Mm-hmm. But the truth was he was simply afraid to say anything. Yep. But now that he's come clean mm-hmm. and Next he's page. okay with it, yeah, get married. So sorry, I had to. Great, go for it. Yeah, like this is great. We get to see a full page splash of them. Yeah, kissing him. He's kissing the bride. Yep. The Jimmy's taking a picture. Hmm. I I noticed recently that if you like watch like pretty much see every time Lois and Clark get married in a comic or. Like most like media, like there's a shot of Jimmy with like a camera. Of like, course, why wouldn't there yeah, be? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it just it's it's interesting. Like uh, a little bit ago, there was a uh, Super Sons movie. I don't know if you saw or heard about that. Um, I heard about. It. I haven't seen and, it. Yet. Like that. Like early on, we see Lois and Clark's wedding, and Jimmy's there with a the camera. Um, like and I'm almost certain probably has enough footage to make a documentary about like Clark and Lois. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. If he ever like. Definitely. If he ever wanted to. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, oh, okay. I, I actually wanted to, I actually want to point something out in this part in the in the the wedding in the next page. Um, 
we see them like get into their just married car and drive away. But before that, we see um a man shake Clark's hand and say, "I a man, I admire a man who marries upward. Shows good judgment." I um, think that's Perry White. Is it? That's what I thought when I read it. Because that seems like a weird thing for Perry White to say. Because when I first read it, I thought it was Sam Lane, but then I was like, Sam Lane died. That's why I think it's Perry White. Maybe. Like they have similar hairstyles. I mean, so it's not really clear in the in the panel. Like it could be any any guy. Yeah. But, Maybe it's but Perry uncle. White tends to like judge his character. Yeah. Every time he does something, especially he would be invited to the wedding. Definitely, surely. And I but guess it, he often has like a fatherly figure role to Lois. Mm-hmm. So I can, I suppose, I could see him saying something like this and seeing Lois as. Yeah, I assume that that's Perry White, and it looks like that's Pa and Ma Kent. Also, oh yeah. If I had to just guess who these people are, it doesn't like it's not hundred yeah. percent clear. It's a smaller yeah, panel. Yeah. And yeah. and one one um. One complaint I might have about uh, All Red's art is he doesn't draw the characters. He doesn't draw a lot of the characters very distinctly. Mm-hmm. Like Paul, Paul doesn't like Paul. If I didn't know for a fact that that was Paul Kent, I did, I don't think I would clock that. You know, I don't know if I'm making any sense. I hope I am. No, you're right. Like if there was one complaint, that's probably one that we could both have. Like it's it's yeah. his faces aren't super distinct. Like. Yeah, like uh, they're distinct enough. Like you know, Superman, Superman. He's got the mm-hmm. trademark glasses. You know, his face yeah, is yeah. pretty good. Like mm-hmm. it's funny because like one thing I we haven't mentioned yet is how I think the Allreds mm-hmm. have a very Kirby influenced style. To yes, be honest. like Jack Kirby, King of yeah. Comics. Like, and Kirby was known for having a particularly bad Superman. <laughs> Like um, like I mean, it's subjective, of course, but um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say he had a bad Superman. I'd say he had a a unique Superman. Unique, yeah, that's more that's a more polite way to describe it. But like, it was, but but DC was definitely trying to redraw it when, whenever yeah. oh, he was yeah. drawing Superman. They had they had re- erased and had a uh, Kurt Schaffenberger redraw the face. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm crime. saying. Like like yeah. um, I think the Kirby influences that the Allreds have mm-hmm. um, are kind of similar in the fact like, you know, mm-hmm. the faces might be kind of similar, but like, but yeah. the emotions are there. Yeah. The dynamism yeah. is there. Yeah. It's and, like, definitely good art. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, so, and no, sometimes there are unique faces. Like this guy driving the car definitely has a unique yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. I think that, although I think that might be low, like that might be uh, not to get too ahead, but I think that might be Luther's lawyer in the next issue. Oh, yeah, it looks like him. But it might just be just another guy with mustache with a mustache and glasses. But before we move on too much, I do have to call out this narration because it's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite narrations. I mean, there's so many, but like here on the page where they kiss, it's like Mm -hmm. Superman says, "Whatever else is going on in the world, life carries on at the same time, and that's Mm -hmm. a good thing. You can't be so invested in saving the world that you forget to live in it, Mm -hmm. or." you forget why saving it is so important. Amen. It's the people you love who give you the courage to face the world and the world gives you so many people to love. Mm-hmm. Like, this is Superman at his yeah. happiest and at his, uh, you know, mm-hmm. most optimistic and, and yeah. this is why we love Superman. Like, he sees the world in a yeah. beautiful way. 
Uh-huh. He he loves the people around him, and they give him strength. Like it's not just yeah. physical strength that he has; he uh-huh. has strength of Emotional character because strength. he's learned it from the people in his life. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't pass by these pages without reading. Oh, I, I understand. It's very hard to resist the urge to just read this whole comic. Right, like this is about to be a podcast uh-uh. where we just narrate the book. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, <been> already. <laughs> Yeah, man. I... <laughs> oh, very hard. But here we are. It's 1975. Yes. And... The year the movie came out. Yeah. Wait, no, and... no, no. That was 78. 78. Sorry. Yeah. Forget what I said. Forget what I said. But um, so a little time has passed and Clark and Lois have a baby and they're moving into the Fortress of Solitude. Or, well, I don't know if they're moving in, but they're introducing their baby. He's showing uh, her the place, at least. Yeah, he's showing her the place. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're introducing the baby to Jorel. Yes, hologram Jorel. So she's kind of meeting the parents, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very sweet, you know. Yeah, it's just a very humanizing moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it's such a fantastical setting. Yeah, it's and interesting. So Jarrell kind of shows off this bottle city, the bottle city of Candor. Yeah. And he talks about mm-hmm. why he sent it along with the spacecraft. He's like, given the limited space, I have to think very carefully about what to send with him. So mm-hmm. a, a bottle city of millions seems like an obvious choice. Like, that's kind of Which, clever. That raises, that raises some questions about, like, because it, 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 it answers one question, which is, how does how did Superman get the ball city to Candor? Since usually it's he gets it from Brainiac, like yeah. Brainiac stole it from Krypton, mm-hmm. and Superman gets like rescues it from Brainiac when Brainiac comes to Earth. Mm-hmm. But if if Brainiac, if they're building towards Brainiac showing up, then how does Superman already have it? Uh, Jor-El gave it to him, but that now it raises the question of where did Jor-El get Candor? Mm-hmm. Did Jor-El shrink Candor? Well, actually, like, he says. Uh... Like Jarrell has knowledge of the Harvester of Worlds, so maybe mm-hmm. he he has knowledge of Brainiac, so maybe he yeah. got it from Brainiac. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe he had to rescue uh, Kando from Brainiac. Like maybe okay. Mark Russell yeah, and and uh, the All Reds might do a uh, a prequel, like, like a prequel like the show Krypton, all about Superman's grandparents. <laughs> that would be interesting from them. <laughs> I don't really care about the show Krypton. I haven't seen it yet, but. <laughs> I've if, watched some of it. It's interesting. Like it was, it, it, it ended up being more interesting than I would have thought it would have been. Upon yeah. like hearing the premise, mm-hmm. and like they ended up having some really cool designs for Brainiac and like Lobo and yeah. them. Like it's yeah, kind of weird. I've like, been all- tempted. I've been tempted from seeing that stuff, but ultimately, I've never been fully interested enough to watch it. It's a little bit of a slow burn, and like it's. It only got two seasons before it was canceled, but yeah. um, might be worth a watch just to I see mean, what they were about. I mean, I also haven't seen Smallville yet, so I've got a lot of. Oh my goodness! Okay, now yeah. I'm a big Smallville fan. Like yeah. I've watched all ten seasons, so don't get me started. <laughs> okay, I want that. We will be here all night long. <laughs> I, okay, we'll we'll move on then. All right, so Brainiac is. Um, Coming to the Justice League, mm-hmm. and and being very straightforward about like, yeah, uh, 
the anti monitor is coming and you guys need to like join me so we can fight him and like they don't understand because mm-hmm. they see Brainiac as the threat. Mm-hmm. So we even get a little cameo of the anti monitor and his uh Harbinger. Herald Harbinger, yeah. Yes. So we're very specifically calling out Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yep. Um, the world's lived, world's died, nothing was ever the same again. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a glimpse of what Brainiac has witnessed. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's pretty devastating. He's going to destroy everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Brainiac is insisting, like, there is really nothing you guys can do about it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, why are you here? Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, there is one resource that this world has that makes it uniquely worth harvesting. Mm-hmm. And he says that that one thing is Superman himself. Yep. Superman says, what about the other 4 billion people on Earth? Mm-hmm. Brainiac says very bluntly, they are already dead. And mm-hmm. it has a picture of Lois and baby Jonathan is kind mm-hmm. of sad there. Yeah. So um, it's very grim. Yeah. And so the Justice League's yeah. still holding on to hope. They're like, well, I yeah. suppose this means we've got a fight ahead of us. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, they go out and they have a big old fight with Brainiac. Mm-hmm. Like, we probably shouldn't like get into the nitty-gritty of every little detail of this fight. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we can just probably just go past it and say that they have a fight. But it is it is important that, like, I'm, I'm glad that they are finally getting a scene. Like, this, this is kind mm-hmm. of delivering on what the cover shows. Yeah, yeah. You have the Justice League. They're, mm-hmm. they're in a pretty traditional kind of battle with Brainiac. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wonder Woman has her classic invisible jet, you know? Yeah. And she, like, crashes it into his... Uh, big head ship but here um the mm. flash's uh training with his bombs finally pays off because he yeah. he raids his own bomb closet mm-hmm. and blows up brainiac yeah ship he actually loaded the bombs onto the ship while they were talking to him because mm-hmm. he thought that might be necessary mm-hmm. which is a pretty great uh it's like it's like the good guy version of the um I, I did a five minutes ago moment <laughs> from Watchmen. Yeah. But sadly, um, Hal Jordan doesn't make it through this battle. Yeah, no. Um, Brainiac gets in. He dies. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of sad. You know, they have mm-hmm. a funeral. Yep. Um, I'm kind of really summarizing these pages because we've, we've been yeah, yeah. struggling to get through this. But <laughs> like, we in, a good way, up. in a fun way, like we, we love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But here we can kind of... Oh, real quick, I should mention uh, Bruce Wayne comes back as the CEO of Wayne Enterprises. Mm-hmm. So no more burning buildings, hopefully. Yeah. And um, so Brainiac leaves Earth because he still has, like, a backup yeah. spaceship or something. Mm-hmm. And... yeah. He's basically like, well, good luck, guys. <laughs> yeah. And then we see he's working with a bunch of other, like, Brainiacs from different universes. Yeah. Like, they're all trying to preserve the multiverse. Mm-hmm. The Council um, of Brainiacs, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
So it kind of ends on a very mm-hmm. dour note. Like it's kind of sad to see you, sure. you see how Jordan's funeral, but yeah. Justice League it, is all there. It's sort of uh, weird because how kind of felt like a main character in the first issue, mm-hmm. um, and then he's like barely in this issue, and then he kind of just dies. I think that I mean it is a little bit quick, but but yeah. the fact that he was one of the more main characters gives it a little bit more gravitas. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because randomly you see Black Canary there, who we haven't yeah. seen at all, but like, yeah. fi- finally there's another woman on the Justice League. Uh, yeah. But she's there at the funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a quote here I, I do want to call out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we knew that we had to do better if we were going to be ready for the next time. And yeah. there would be a next time. Mm-hmm. And so Batman says very solemnly, he says, see you Monday. Yeah, which is like that should be a meme. Like that's, that's how it, that's kind of how it feels going to work on Mondays. Yeah. Like, some see, you next <laughs> see you Monday. But it's also very uh, yeah. important for his character because, like, this is the same Batman who earlier this book said, like, mm-hmm. basically, call me if you need me, but yeah. otherwise really leave me alone. I he didn't really alone. care about being part of this team, but now he. It's like it's kind of like the feeling I get is that he now only now realizes that he has lost a friend, mm-hmm. you know, and that they only have to work together to survive what's coming. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like he knows that like he they can't do this by themselves. Yeah, and so that's what they say. All we Superman's narration says all we can hope to do is keep surviving to keep to make it to the next to the next next time the next crisis. Yeah, and. Anyone who knows DC Comics knows that they love a crisis. Like there's, there's oh, always a crisis. A crisis. <laughs> Infinite but, um, crisis, final crisis, dark crisis. They love a crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it ends with a little bit more of a hopeful note because yeah, you get to. It ends on a page of Superman and his new family, Lois and baby Jonathan, and mm-hmm. Jonathan's a toddler now, and yeah. the narration says. But if there's one lesson you can take from my life, from my birth on Krypton to staring down the end of time, it is this. You're never quite as doomed as people say you are. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's pretty. Yeah, ending on a little bit more of a hopeful note, despite yeah. all the doom and gloom. <laughs> hugging, hugging his wife and his son. It's mm-hmm. a nice picture. Can't You can't help but smile. Yeah, but then you see, a, I don't know if you see this preview coming soon oh, yeah. of book three where it's again very destructive they're just like blown up in space. space yeah you see one woman's hollow eyes mm-hmm. and it's so extremely haunting yeah like, so we know there's more destruction to come mm-hmm. but we will talk about that next time yes so mm-hmm. final thoughts on book two this is a like when I when I okay so I read the first issue I I have been waiting for like I I've been looking forward to Mark Russell and um Michael Mike and Laura Allred doing a Superman thing since I heard about it so I bought the first issue the day it came out and I was so excited for it and I liked it but I didn't love it I don't remember if I said that when I when we talked about the first issue but I only liked it didn't love it this is when I started to love the series book two is when I started to love this story um and going back and reading the first issue i i love the first issue um i think that kind of felt the same way like i remember 
after book two, I had it on my top 10 list of mm-hmm. comics I read in 2022, but I was still a little hesitant to say that it was great because I wanted to see how it ended. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and we didn't get the final chapter until uh, February of this uh, year, but mm-hmm. it, it's definitely a good read throughout. Um, yeah. And so, and even now that we know that how it ends, um, mm-hmm. like, we can look back in hindsight and say, yeah, like this is, this is real. Like, like I'm seeing a lot of positive reviews for it, like more good than bad. Yeah. Like a lot of people are saying this is mm-hmm. come out of nowhere to be like the, one of the uh, best Superman stories of recent history. Yeah. I called it one of the top three of the decade. Um, okay. That's high praise. Actually, I, I think I said century. Um, really? Like the 21st century. Yeah. At least, at least of the, I mean, yeah, I guess of, of comic books, at least. It's well, one of my top three favorites of the century, I think. I mean, I don't I'm, I don't necessarily disagree. I haven't really ranked out everything yet, but um, yeah. I think in our final um, episode reviewing this book, we will talk about uh, where this ranks on our list of favorite Superman stories, and yeah. we will talk about our overall thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I hope all of our listeners stay tuned for that. Yes. Um, yeah, like we love Superman. So like if you made it through the end of this podcast, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> yes. Like um, we could go on and on and on, but, um, yes. you know, it's the never ending battle mm-hmm. of uh, trying to not talk about Superman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, our, yeah, where can our listeners find you on, on the so internet? So, I am, I am SuperDude98 on um, LeagueOfComicBookGeeks.com. I write reviews on there, so if you want to hear more of my thoughts on comics, I've actually already written reviews for uh, Super, each issue of Superman Space Age, so if you want to know more about my thoughts, uh, you can check those out. And I've written about other comics. And also, I'm going to be, in the near future, going to be on... Uh, the, the podcast Joe Talks Comics um, by Joe Loves Comics on Comic Book Geeks. We're, we're going to be talking about JLA Avengers, so if you want to hear my thoughts on that, uh, keep an eye on that guy's podcast for that episode, and you know probably check out his other podcasts, because you know, I'm sure he's been doing it for a while. He gets interesting guests on there, so you know check that out and check me out there when I eventually my episode comes out. Sounds um, good. Definitely will do. Yeah. Like uh, JLA Avengers is one of now. That's something that's should be yeah. on everyone's top ten list. Oh just yeah, because of how historic it was to yeah. have a Marvel DC mm-hmm. crossover of that caliber. Yeah, like it's and it's the last one so far. Um, yeah, like we there have been other since before it, but it's the last one so far. It might be the last one ever. We'll um, see, like, um, and, and plus, like, with the recent passing of George Perez, like, yes, his work is so phenomenal, like, just for that yeah. alone, like, he does amazing job drawing all the characters on all those pages, and, but even, um, the story is pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, Kurt but, Busiek uh, is also mm-hmm. a talent. Yep. So, like, I'm definitely gonna listen to you over there on Joe's podcast, and yes. uh, hope our listeners do too. Yeah, um, yeah. And you can always come back here to DMV mm-hmm. Comic Book Nerds. We will have more uh, episodes to come. Um, mm-hmm. You can find me on um, Twitter 
um, Facebook and League of Comic Book Geeks. Mm-hmm. Just search for DMV Comic Book Nerds. Um, it might be spelled a little differently here and there, but you'll probably find us mm-hmm. uh, if you search for DMV Comic Book Nerds. Yeah, thanks again for yeah. uh, joining me. Uh, yeah, thanks right. for having me. This has been a great time talking about Superman Space mm-hmm. Age. Yes. Can't wait for part three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until then, up, up, and away. Yes. Shh.